It's an expressment of disappointment. <sighs> yeah. What's up, guys? Royal Deluxe Podcast here. I'm Lux. I'm a guy who talks about the Royal sometimes. And it's, um... You know, the good, the good news with this season is that it's almost over. Soon we'll be free and we can go back to pretending our lives are okay and that we live in a decent world. I mean, we do have the Chiefs. Chiefs just won last night. That's fun and good, I guess. Although I, it, sometimes it kind of, you know, in the past it would make me annoyed when I would, uh, see people you know, just immediately right off the royals and be like, oh, oh, Chiefs Kingdom, oh, how about them Chiefs? You know, posting that every day on the subreddit, and it's like, all right, dude, we get it. Royals bad, Chiefs good. It's been like this for like 20 years, even before we had Mahomes, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, sure, the Chiefs had bad years as well. You know, There was a time when the Chiefs were just as bad as the Royals, believe it or not. It was weird. But I would always just, you know, get so annoyed when it'd be, like, in May and be like, oh, I can't wait for Chiefs season to start. And it's like, do you you have anything else to do in your life? (laughs) Is this all you care about, man? But this time, even I'm on that train. Even I'm, I'm I'm like, please, Patrick Mahomes, just, like, give me something to be proud of in this city. Give me something to be excited about and look forward to especially because i got into fantasy football this year for the first time ever i know like nothing about football i don't know who anybody anybody is i barely even know who's on the cheese mahomes uh kelsey uh who, who else have we got butt kicker there we go those are the, the three players on the Chiefs. that's the entire cheese roster right there so i got into fantasy football and of course i <laughs> I I told my my friends I'm like because it's it's with my online friends ar- ar- around the country and I'm like so they know I'm the I'm in KC and I'm like you know the Mahomes guy and I'm like if you draft Mahomes I know where some of you guys live I'm actually going to find you and I'm going to I'm I'm going to beat your asses <laughs> if you draft Mahomes fortunately I had the number one overall pick so this time Chief season hits differently. Anyway, that was unrelated, but do you what, what do you want me to say about the Royals? They they're bad. They're a bad team and it's not good. Apparently, we actually um just hit the uh what is it? It's like odds makers had us as um uh, at 71.5 wins. Right? Okay, so yeah, the Royals just clinched the under on their win-loss total. Have we seriously? No, there's not, that can't be right because that, then that would mean we've lost 90 games. I don't know how this how this works, but whatever. Um, I guess odds makers had us at winning 71 or 72 games, so you could bet a high, uh, you could bet the over or the under between um 71.5. And I'm really glad that sports betting wasn't made legal in Kansas until just now because that would have been the easiest over in my entire life. I would have put like a hundred dollars on the on the Royals winning oh, more than seventy one games, more than seventy two, seventy one point five technically, because I'm just like, yeah, like like we're totally going to win more than that, easy. I mean, I was saying eighty four, 
And even then, like 84, obviously super optimistic, but I was thinking like at worst, it would be 75. Like 75 felt like a worst case scenario for the Royals this season. And we are so far below that. So thank you, Kansas, for being an extremely lame and boring state that didn't have sports betting in March or April when all these bets were uh, getting made for uh, regular season win totals because whew, I would have uh, I would have whiffed on that super freaking hard. Anyway, that aside, then whatever. What else? What, what do we got to talk about? Royals lost. And uh, they also lost, and they, they continue losing. So when we last talked, that was on Wednesday, the Royals had um, finished a three-game series where they lost two to the Tigers, which is disappointing. Then they lost the first of three to the Twins. And now, since then, they have lost the other two games in this series, so they have been swept by the Minnesota Twins. Yippee. Hooray. The pitching was bad, and it sucked on Wednesday, and we didn't have a whole lot of hitting either. I, I think they actually got shut out on Wednesday, so that's cool. And then on Thursday, they lost 3-2, to two, which, um, you know, wasn't a terrible game, but it was a, another one of those Daniel Lynch games where he goes five innings, and he gives up a couple of runs, but he gets eight strikeouts. So, you know, he's getting those strikeouts. He's not even walking a lot of guys, but five innings, three earned runs, has to work really hard for every single out, so only gets only gets through five despite ninety six pitches. You know, it's just that's just a normal Daniel Lynch behavior at this point. It's just what we expect from him. That's where he is at this season. And yeah, the most important thing to talk about within the Royals um, canon is that there was an article posted yesterday on Thursday by The Athletic, our friends over at The Athletic. And it is a very interesting article. I would say it is a must-read if you are a Royals fan, if you have somehow not seen this article yet. The Athletic, I understand some people are daunted by it because it's a paid subscription, but it's $1. Literally, right now it is one freaking dollar. Get And I'll say this. It's worth the dollar. It's worth the dollar, but in a way, I'm actually exaggerating because the thing is, what's interesting about this article is that it, it goes into depth about Royals pitching development. It, it, it is literally titled, The Royals Rebuild Was Supposed to Be Built on Pitching. What Has Gone Wrong? So, and it, and it compares the club this season, the 2022 season, to the 2012 season, when Dayton Moore was getting every, trying to get everyone hyped for, you know, this brand new Royals team, the, the hour time team. And, you know, this was going to be the year they make a really big push forward and they show everyone that they're a, a great competitive team and all that. And then, you know, they, they don't do that. They got off to a horrible start. Um, the end result wasn't like super embarrassing. I think that was what it was 75 and 87. That season, I, I think, something in, in there. So I, I don't think they lost 90 games, which, you know, wish we, I wish the Royals could say that this season. So actually, that was better back then. Um, 
But, you know, and it compares, you know, the shortcomings that happened back then to what's happening right now. And it really goes into depth about what has gone wrong with the pitching. And it explains kind of how things are being done at the minor league level, according to rival scouts and executives and former players. Of course, these are all anonymous names. But what I think is so interesting about this article is that it's written by Rustin Dodd, Alec Lewis, and Andy McCullough. Those three guys are all former Kansas City writers. Now, obviously, they're still going to have, you know, contact information for some guys. That That's understandable. They've made lots of friends here. But I think it is very, very interesting that this article is written by Basically, the three writers that used to be closely affiliated with the Royals and are no longer there. I mean, Rustin Dodd was our pre- was our previous athletic writer before we had Ath- uh, Alec Lewis. Alec Lewis, of course, was our athletic writer up until a couple weeks ago, where he is now writing for the Minnesota Vikings. And Andy McCullough was for the Kansas City Star. I'm not entirely sure what he's doing now. I think, I mean, obviously he's, he's also working with the athletic and stuff, but I think it is just very, very interesting. And I even mentioned this last uh, week when I was talking to Jacob from the Royals Rundown podcast, because we, we talked about Alec Lewis and his uh, departure from the athletic Kansas City and how he's moving on to Minnesota. And I just said, you know, like it could be nothing. There could be no correlation whatsoever. Alec Lewis is his own man. He can do whatever he wants. It's his own life. I don't know him. I just think it is very, very interesting, and I don't want to gloss over this. I don't want to, you know, ignore this, that for a couple of years, he was really carrying the team's water. He wrote about them as if they could do no wrong. Even when they were failing, they, you know, he would find every silver lining and really focus on that. And then this year, he comes out with an article actually explaining many of the shortcomings and issues that the organization and the team is having. And later on in this, in that year, a couple months later, he's no longer working within the Royals organization, basically. I mean, not that he worked for the Royals, but he had insider access, let's say. And I, and I don't know, maybe he still has some, again, I'm sure he still has some information, a lot of information, a lot of information that, you know, you and I probably will never know about. I'm, again, he probably has lots of contact information, lots of friends within the Royals. I just think it's very interesting, though, that, you know, the, the moment he changes tone, he changes jobs as well. And now you get this article from three people who used to be very, very close to the Royals and are no longer. It's just, again, it could be, you know, no correlation, but it's, I don't want to be silent about that. I feel like it needs to be pointed out because it's just very, very interesting. It seems very, very convenient. And also notice how we don't have an athletic writer anymore. The Kansas City Royals do not have a dedicated athletic writer anymore. 
almost as if they don't want to give more insider access to, you know, new people, people that they're not familiar with, that they don't trust. Sure, we have Ann Rogers and anyone at the KC Star, but they're, you know, Ann Rogers writes for MLB.com. Basically, in, in other words, she's writing whatever, well, I'm not going to say she's doing everything that the Royals want her to do, but let's just say the Royals kind of get a say in what can be published by her and within the KC Star. I just think it's very, very interesting to note this, folks. The Athletic did not have such a, an issue with control. They could write whatever they wanted. Hell, the athletic writer for the Rockies basically got their general manager fired. Like, like the, the, the athletic writer for the Rockies was so critical of the Rockies and, and their organizational failures and just so harsh on Dick Monfort or, no, Jeff Brittich, that was the general manager. Dick Monfort is the owner. Uh, although I guess he criticized him as well, that, yeah, eventually, I guess the pressure g fell onto ownership to fire that general manager. I mean, I don't think it was entirely the Athletics' uh, fault, but I do think that they paid a very, very, um, th that they made a very big influence on that. And to an extent, I think that the Athletic kind of did that for the Royals this season, because not long after Alec Lewis posted an article you know, ex explaining how the Royals are kind of messing things up. They fire their hitting coach. They get rid of Terry Bradshaw. And that seemed to alleviate public pressure, at least for a little bit, because it's like, oh, hey, Royals finally did something. But then, you know, not too long after that, an article comes out of the KC Star explaining how, Oh, this this new KC Royals regime, it's going to be so different. They're really going to get stuff done. They 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 got rid of their hitting coach and that's, you know, a sign that they're doing things differently this time. It's going to be much different than last time and nobody was having it. Nobody was buying it and anyone could smell it that this was very clearly the Royals themselves coming out and being like Guys, look at us. We did something that you wanted, okay? Stop yelling at us. Stop criticizing us. Stop being mean to us. But it's not enough because the team is still failing in big, big ways. And kind of like I said on last on the last episode, I, I, it's not that I don't think the Royals don't care. <sighs> that, that was a mess of a sentence. I do think the Royals care. I really do. I think that they want to win. They just don't want to go out of their comfort zone. They want to win with their methods and their guys, their people, even if those aren't the right people, the right methods. This, that's not how you win. Like they, they want to win with Mike Matheny and Cal Eldred and Hunter Dozier and anyone else, basically. It doesn't matter to them. If these aren't the right guys for the job, that's just what they want to happen. They will, and they will do everything to see it to the end. They will either win and, you know, prove themselves right, or they will die trying. That's the Royals, basically. So they don't want to make more changes. They don't want to step out of their comfort zone and do things that they don't really know about all that much. 
Like, this athletic article, it it explains that the Royals do have the technology and the tools that, like, any other team would be using. Okay, it, it's not like they're so far behind that, you know, they're still stuck in the Stone Ages where they were just not doing anything. That They're still using super primitive methods of teaching pitchers and all that. It's just that they don't know how to use it. Like, according to this article, players have actually been saying that they have data but no idea how to utilize it. Their coaches literally don't understand it. And that's kind of what I'm saying with how the Royals, they do care. They do want to win, but they don't really want to go out of their comfort zone. They simply believe in certain things, and they're not willing to accept that they are wrong. So, yeah, sure, they're going to, you know, do whatever. They'll, they'll put that technology in place, just like, you know, everyone has been telling them to do. But again, they're still just going to say, throw your fastball all the time. All the freaking time. Throw your fastball on, on one and one counts. Throw your fastball with two strikes. Throw your fastball with two outs. It doesn't matter. Just throw your fastball. Like, all the time. That's what the Royals are teaching their pitchers. Throw your fastball. Throw your fastball as much as possible, even saying, like, you have to throw your fastball on certain counts or certain situations or whatever. And... This is something that we've been talking about for most of the season, or at the very least, really early in the season, particularly with Carlos Hernandez and Chris Bubich, where it's very obvious that they don't have good fastballs, but they throw their fastball all the time. Jackson Kowar, another example, not a good fastball, throws it all the time because the Royals are just telling him to. Sure, they have the technology that's, that says, that throwing the fastball that much is not helpful. It's not utilizing their talents properly, but they just say, that's not going to stop us because we can't read. We don't know what this means. We don't know what these, what these machines, what these cameras, what these tools do. We don't know what any of this data means. Just keep throwing your fastball, dude. And it really sucks to hear that because... Again, it's so obvious that this is the issue. Like, like again, I can notice this. Guys, I am stupid. I am a freaking idiot. I know nothing. Okay, I can't, I can't even really tell you what the difference between a slider and a changeup is a lot of the time. I am that dumb. I cannot identify pitches super easily. I don't know what a good swing of a baseball bat looks like. I don't understand launch angle and things like this. All right, I am a freaking idiot. And even I can look at our pitchers and say, they're throwing their fastballs way too much because their fastball isn't good and it's getting hit around all the time, but they just keep doing it. So if I can notice that, me, a complete imbecile, how can the Royals not? How do they not understand it? This is what's so concerning about this article, because like I said, it's not even all that new. Like if you've been following the Royals fan communities and, dis and um, conversationalists, I guess, like I I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, 
you listen to a lot of other Royals media. You probably listen to and or read Royals Farm Report, Royals Review, Royals Weekly, all these other guys, okay? They've all been saying the same things, all right? The, the things in, in this athletic article, you know, explaining how and why the Royals pitching is so bad, it's not new to anyone who has been reading the Royals fan movement. You've... <laughs> If you've been watching the games, you can understand it, okay? It's just really concerning when it's, again, these three people who are used to be closely related to Kansas City and th that are writing this article and they're, you know, bringing up how players are themselves are noticing this, how rival teams are looking at the Royals and just being like, what are they doing? <laughs> they're so blissfully ignorant that it doesn't even seem like they they that they know that they're ignorant it's just crazy dude the problems that the royals are having they seem so simple and obvious but yet because they haven't been addressed identified or fixed by this organization makes them so deep like it's such a huge issue that the royals are doing this Especially because pitching was supposed to be the theme of this rebuild. Like, this is what we've been waiting for. When all those 2018 guys were drafted, Dayton Moore was like, yeah, we're going to have a full rotation from this, just from this draft, and they're going to throw a thousand innings. We're going, we're, we are going to get 1,000 innings a season out of the 2018 draft. That's basically what Dayton Moore said. Now, that is a very unrealistic goal that he was most likely not going to accomplish, even optimistically. But still, you under you can understand what he was trying to do, basically. And the thing is, that draft wasn't bad. It really was not a bad draft. I will take this to the grave. There is a difference between bad drafting and bad development. What the Royals got in that draft was a gift. They had a lot of pitchers that were just good overall. Needed a lot of seasoning, sure, but they got some quality guys that seemed to have some pretty some solid floors. And several of those guys were, like, way lower. They were supposed to be taken way higher up in that draft. Brady Singer was a top five talent in the 2018 draft. Jackson Kowar was a top 20 talent in that draft, and the Royals got both of them, despite not picking until number 18. They got great pitchers out of this draft. They just have no idea what to do with them. And this article highlights that it's fastball. They, they, they cannot develop fastballs very well, and they got, there was someone, they mentioned a rival scout who says that these, they got a lot of pitchers out of this draft that don't have good fastballs. And the Royals are making them throw fastballs all the time. Oh, see where <laughs> this is going. See where the issue is. See where all these things add up or line up. And how, dude? Like, how do we live in this world? Why, like, why is it like this, basically? I, I, it's so strange and what's interesting is that jj piccolo had said a couple days ago that 
it's on the players to perform, basically. Like they they're the ones who really need to step up and and you know get better so that they can actually have careers. Which fair point, honestly. Like he's not wrong. Maybe a weird thing to say publicly, but I don't think that he is wrong in saying that at the end of the day, yeah, it, it is on the players who just need to play. But at the same time, he kind of says, I, I think he also said, we have given them the tools that they need. We've given them what they need to succeed. So now it's up to them. And I just have to kind of reflect that back on him. Have you actually done everything that you could? Have you actually given these players the best tools, the best information, the the everything that they need to reach their potential, to perform up to expectations, basically? Have you actually done that? Based on what other people are saying, that's a no. So, I don't know, dude. Now, do I think that the Royals are forever doomed? No, not necessarily. Things do need to change, and they need to change very, very soon. Like, now, actually, not even soon. And maybe things are changing soon, because last time we talked about Jason Simontachi um, leaving the Royals, basically. I messed up and said that he is the Royals' pitching coordinator. He, like, he is a pitching coordinator. He is not the head pitching development guy within the Royals' organization, so... My bad on that. Still, it does suggest that there could be some more change along the way. One can only hope, because it's going to take a lot more than just getting rid of one minor league guy to fix this entire organization. I still believe Kyle Eldred is, you know, not fit for the job. And maybe a lot of the minor league pitching coaches aren't right for the job. I do think that there needs to be some kind of overhaul to how we're doing pitching development because, as I've been saying today and last time, it's, it's real bad right now. It's real bad. Still, you could turn this around in the minor leagues if, you know, you actually get some guys who actually know what they're doing and can develop these pitchers better. One thing that is very telling to me is that a an unnamed former pitcher from the royal system had said that the the methods that they're using aren't suited to the individual it's kind of like they just teach everyone the same thing and that is a basically the exact opposite of what the royals are doing with their hitters at the very least what they've been doing since drew sailor had been uh has become the hitting coordinator and since Alex Zumwalt has been with these guys and Mike Tosar has been with these guys because I remember when Zumwalt was made the hitting coach he said something about hitting development and he basically said something like we can teach anybody how to swing but we can't teach the same swing to everybody so he he pointed out that everybody just has different things that they can and can't do. Everybody is going to do something differently. And so they work in ways 
that are specific to that person and specific to their skill set. Also going as far as to say that, you know, sometimes they just kind of put their foot down and say, you can't do this. Like, you know, saying that some guys, some guys need to know that they are incapable of doing certain things. And that's very different from how I think the Royals used to do it. Because in the past, I think the Royals were a team that just told everyone to swing. Swing all the time, swing at outside pitches, just make contact. That's the thing that they really loved to talk about, to teach, to imprint onto all their hitters. Swing and make contact. Because when you make contact, good things happen. And look, it worked for the 2015 guys. It did. But it doesn't work anymore. And they had to know that they had, they maybe realized this may a little bit too late. Because even beyond 2015, it really messed up, I think, Alberto Modesty. You know, I said a long, a long time ago, like last time we talked about Modesty, which was when he got injured. So when was that? Like April 2nd. You know, I was saying that the Royals really did not do a good job with Mondesi at all. I mean, he could have been injured anyway, but I still think the Royals messed up his skill set because they just had him swinging at everything. They never taught him any any modicum of plate discipline and also just told him he can do anything. He's He's, he's so good. He's so talented. He's so gifted. He can just do anything. And now we're asking ourselves, is Mondesi even going to be in the major leagues next year? Is he going to be with the Royals at all next year? Big question. So the Royals went from this outdated system that was just put onto everybody and went into something a lot more modern and cutting edge and catered to individual hitters. And now look at what's happened. Lots of hitters in this organization have been flourishing, been thriving, have been transformed by this redevelopment. And so you look at the pitching and it's like, oh, the Royals are using outdated strategies to educate their pitchers with. And they're not catering to particular strengths and weaknesses. They're just saying, throw your fastball basically every all the time, whenever, as much as you can. So maybe that's a clue as to how things can change and how the Royals can move forward with this. Because I do think that there is still time for them to turn this around and for them to actually get a lot out of what they have already, both in the minor leagues and the major leagues as well. You know, I actually wanted to say this last time and I completely forgot, but despite how bad things might seem with the Royals rotation this season outside of Brady Singer, it's not too far off from what you would kind of see with a lot of good pitchers in the league. You'll notice, actually, that many pitchers who are actually very good nowadays will kind of struggle and not be so good in their first couple of years. I mean, Corbin Burns won the Cy Young for the National League last year. 2019, he had an ERA of like 8.8 in like 50 innings. He was awful. He was moved out of the rotation for a while. Even in 2020, he was pitching out of the bullpen for a bit. And then he wins the Cy Young. Sandy Alcantara is like the best pitcher in the National League. But he's been around for 
a few years already, and he wasn't great for his first couple of years. In fact, he when he came up into the major leagues, he was still someone who was seen as, you know, not having a third pitch and not having good command. And now look at him. He's great. I do think that there is some kind of adjustment that needs to be made at the major league level, and it's going to take some time. And maybe this is what is happening. Like, the Royals are in the process of, or our pitchers are in the process of, of you know, adjusting and redeveloping and, you know, taking that next step. Maybe next year we'll see them and they'll be a lot better. And we'll be like, wow, it's so nice to see how good they are now, especially compared to what they were before. And I'm not saying that this is going to happen. I'm just saying that for a lot of guys, it gets worse before it gets better. That's like the 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 lasting optimism, my last shred of optimism at, at, at that. Because I'm not really optimistic about a lot of other things. You know, sometimes I want to be optimistic, and then again, you look at this 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 athletic article, and it's like, oh, it's actually a lot worse than we thought. Like we could just we you know we could just say oh Cal Eldred bad that's why pitching bad but no that barely scratches the surface of what the issue is with the Royals. If anything, I don't know maybe Cal Eldred isn't so bad. It's uh it's strange, it's strange, it's confusing why things are like this and it's difficult to take in and it's hard to accept. Still, I'm hoping that things can change, that things can improve, and I want that all to happen so that someday we can laugh about this. Maybe in a couple of years, we'll be a great team, we'll be super exciting, we'll love watching the Royals, and we'll be like, hey, remember that one year where it just seemed like there was no hope whatsoever? Bobby Wood Jr. came up, but he wasn't, like, great, and... Also, like, half the team was absent because they couldn't play in Canada. And Whit Merrifield basically said he hates us. <laughs> and all this stuff. And our pitching coach was, like, some guy from TV. Some some stuff like that. We we traded a guy who was actually hitting kind of well for some, some weirdo with a Bible glove <laughs> who was terrible. You know, remember all that stuff? Ah. Huh. What a funny time that was. I hope we can say that in the near future. Because, let me tell you, the way things are right now, it's it's a little demoralizing. It's demotivating. It's um sometimes just plain boring. You know, sometimes watching this team, it just kind of sucks the soul out of you because it's like, just like watching paint dry. Someone do something. Maybe that's why the Royals have to do crazy stuff like trade for Luke Weaver. Just just to make things a little more interesting. Not more fun, but at least we can talk about them, right? At least it's worth mentioning that things that these things all happened. As opposed to, you know, watching another game where Daniel Lynch goes five innings and strikes out eight but gives up six runs. Man, I don't like doing episodes like these. I don't like being upset. I don't like being sad. 
but what else can I do? What else can I say other than that? That's where the Royals are at right now. That's where we are at right now. It's unfortunate. Hopefully it'll get better, and hopefully it'll get better soon. But whatever happens, we'll talk about it when we get there. Until then, I'm going to play Splatoon 3, which is what I've been doing for the last, like, week, instead of uh, watching the Royals. So, I'll see you on Monday. Thank you very much for listening to the Royal Deluxe Podcast. You can catch me on social media at Royal Deluxe Pod, which is a Twitter handle that I use. And sometimes post some dumb stuff, but I haven't even been doing that. It's not in the mood <laughs> to post funny memes about the Royals. It's just if I go if I go further on this path, it's gonna be like dark, <laughs> dark memes that will uh probably get me banned from several outlets. So maybe I'll take a break from that. But that's still where you can see me, where you can find me, say some stuff outside of this podcast. Or you can send me an email at royaldeluxepodcast at gmail.com. Send me your direct feedback, thoughts, things like that. Do you think it's ever going to get better for the Royals? Do you think that the pitching can turn around in a couple of years? That someday we can laugh at what's going on right now? Yeah. Tell me what you think. Or whatever. You, you don't have to. Either way. Thank you very much for making this podcast a part of your day, and I really hope you're having a good one. I'm Lux, and despite how sad I am, go Royals. Come on, Royals. You can do it, Royals. <laughs>